Right to be read podcast episode number 141 interview with Dan Wood. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast and this is your host Ani Alexander. Hello everyone and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. It's me, Anne Alexander, and today I'm going to present you with yet another repurposed content. It's going to be an interview which I did with Dan Wood from Draft to Digital on Blab a few weeks ago. So we had a really nice Blab session where we covered different questions about self-publishing, about how to go wide and how to have your books on every possible platform out there. And we also had a very dynamic Q&A session. So I'm presenting you with just a piece of the thing, which is, uh, let's say, the official part of the interview for the podcast to listen to. But on my page at anialexander.com backwards slash 141, you will have the opportunity to watch the whole blab and to see also the questions from the audience and how we covered them too. So stay tuned and let's start with the official part of the interview now. Hello everyone and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. I'm Annie Alexander and I have Dan Woodover from Draft to Digital. I'm I'm one of their customers or clients or whatever they call <laughs> the people who use their services. So, uh, but I won't be the one who will tell about the service and what it is. I guess it's better that Dan introduces it to you uh, so you can find out what it does for you. Hello, uh, Dan Wood from the uh, from draft to digital I'm the director of author relations um, and operations as well. Um, draft to digital is just a platform that helps indie authors publish their books as widely as possible. So we provide a number of tools to make that easy. Um, what we found is for authors, time is their number one resource. Uh, and so they're just always busy. Um, and so we try to take, you know, make everything that's kind of monotonous and tedious about managing, uh, all of your titles in your library easy. Um, we provide a, uh, if, if you need to convert your like a Word document into all the different digital files you need for the different storefronts, uh, we'll do the conversion for you. Um, we help you manage and, uh, you know, you go to our website and you can upload to uh, eight or nine platforms at this point and change your price at one place and it goes everywhere. Uh, enter your tax information at just one place instead of having to do the same tax paperwork over and over. Um, we also allow authors to do things like pre-orders and a couple other uh, cool options just to help you get more visibility. Okay, so basically, uh, just, you know, for those who have only used Amazon, I guess these kind of services are the fastest and easiest way to actually make sure that your book is pretty much everywhere out there and uh, you don't spend too much time and effort on having it out there. So basically, if you already have published it somewhere or you can even start from scratch, right? If you just have the book and haven't published it at all, can you start directly with Draft uh, to Digital? Yes, you can. Uh -huh. 
people okay, so it will. Who, uh, because we provide uh, customer support over the phone. We have a lot of people who start with us because they just they're new to the whole process. And so we kind of walk them through it. Um, we don't currently distribute to Amazon, but we do provide files for people to directly upload to uh, Kindle, mm-hmm. uh, direct publishing. Okay, I see. So basically, uh, the main idea is, uh, I mean, I, I just want to play devil's advocate in here, uh, saying that most of the writers I know have a majority of their sales coming from Amazon. So they kind of, they sort of, you know, especially if they don't know how to save time on, on doing all that, they are not really inclined into going to the new um, markets. So, because they think that it's not worth it. So, uh, what are your statistics saying? Are there any, I mean, for example, I've heard that Kobo is really kind of strong and big in Canada, for example. And there are some specific markets where, you know, you can reach out better if you are, you know, in places other than Amazon. So, what what your experience tells you? Well, why should one even bother getting into these other markets? Well, currently, um, the majority of ebook sales are in the U.S. It's really the only place with a huge ebook adopt- adoption rate right now, and Amazon does have uh, the majority share of the U.S. Um, you know, I'd probably say anywhere between 70-75 percent of all sales in the U.S. are through Amazon of ebooks. Um, when you look at the worldwide picture, though, it's much less. It's more like sixty forty. Um, so you're right. Kobo is very, very strong in Canada. Uh, Kobo is both their storefront and their device name. And so where U.S. Uh, people will talk about the Kindle as being synonymous with an ebook reader, uh, people in Canada say Kobo. Um, Apple uh, is huge as they've added iBooks to their uh, – it's a default on all of the Apple devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have over – like over a billion, I don't remember the exact number, uh, devices now that are e-readers. And what we're seeing is a lot of movement towards people reading on their phones, on their tablets, instead of buying a dedicated e-reader. Um, that mm-hmm. Many reasons for that, um, convenience. Um, in uh, developing countries and in the rest of the world, um, a lot of times either people lack internet access at, you know, everywhere, uh, like is common in the U.S., uh, or um, they just don't have the disposable income to uh, buy a dedicated e-reader. And so a lot of people are reading on their phones uh, mm-hmm. as they switch over from print to digital. And so um, for us, um, we do about 70% of our sales in the U.S. right now, but the the other 30% is rest of the world. Uh, Apple and Kobo are very strong in Australia, and we find that, the Australian market has a lot of crossover um, as far as what they like uh, with the uh, U.S. market. And, of course, it's English uh, language, too. Um, right after that, it's Canada and the U.K. are kind of neck and neck for our sales. Um, and, you know, there we find Kobo is very strong, Apple's strong. Uh, in the U.K., uh, Barnes & Noble does pretty well. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I encourage people uh, – you know, always be on Amazon, but uh, diversify and start building your readership in other places because we don't know what the book market's going to look like in the future. Um, as we move forward, Amazon has, I believe, 14 uh, different storefronts for different countries and territories. 
mm-hmm. Apple has 51. Google Play has 52. Uh, Cobra reaches into 190 different uh, countries and territories, uh, which is amazing. Um, for us, uh, this last year, we sold in 220 different countries and territories. And so that really surprised me because I wasn't expecting <laughs> it. Um, oh, yeah. And you know, I, I hear people talking about how they wish they had been in right at the beginning of the Kindle rush, you know, in 2008, 2010, that time yeah. frame. Um, when you, you see a lot of authors that came out of that successfully because people were seeing their books over and over. And like now is a good time to get in at the ground floor for the world markets. And they've got tons of room to grow. Um, we uh, distribute to the Tolino Alliance, which is a German uh group of uh, different booksellers. And so it's like all their different uh, physical bookstores got together and said, let's not compete in the digital marketplace. Let's work together. And so um, all these different storefronts, you can go to their website. Tolino is not like a website. Like you won't find a Tolino store, uh, but it's the device like their Kindle. It's called the Tolino. Um, And this Alliance, how it works is whenever you go to any one of the different storefronts, um, you can uh, buy the digital book and it'll run on Tolino. It doesn't matter which store you bought it from. And so they are uh, neck and neck with Amazon in uh, the German market for digital sales. And uh, they just continue to grow in Central Europe. Okay, I see. So basically, um, I mean, if, if you look at it, uh, I guess the ideal option might be having your book on Amazon, getting the KDP select benefits for the first three months, and then maybe trans- transition to the other markets, or you would advise, you know, starting from with, with everything all together at the same time. I see a lot of people do that. Um, I think it does vary by genre like certain genres, like if you're in romance or mysteries, um, they have such strong uh, reader groups at Apple, for instance, and Barnes and Noble. Uh, I would probably start everywhere. Um, But I do see, we we have a lot of authors that do start and select. And then after the the 90 day period, move on uh, to everywhere else. Okay, so let, let's just, you know, take it step by step and imagine that I'm a newbie writer, I have written a book, um, and I have the, the draft manuscript. So, um, well, not even the draft, I have edited it because obviously you have to. And that's, that's what I have at this point. So what happens from there on? I have decided to use draft to digital. I have decided that I want it everywhere, distributed everywhere. So where do I start? Do I have to format it for a certain um, device beforehand or I just use whatever I have? What happens? Like what are like the very starting points? There, there's a couple of different scenarios. Uh, the first scenario is a lot of authors bring us their book in as a Word document. Um, mm-hmm. You would just upload the Word document and then we do that conversion for you. Uh, at that point, once we've done the conversion, you get to see a sample and download a sample of it and make sure we did the conversion correctly. So look and make sure your chapter headings are right. And, you know, if you had tables or images in it, um, if it's not correct, then you can click on a button to contact our support staff and they'll look and see what went wrong. Um, if it's mm-hmm. something we can fix on our end, if it's something, you know, for people who are doing like technical manuals or something that's uh, heavily illustrated, sometimes uh, automatic conversion software doesn't really work. 
but then we let them know, you know, they need to work with a professional EPUB formatter. Um, okay, so you do it for free? Sorry. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, we, uh, okay. we handle, uh, especially like genre fiction, we handle very, very well. And so the majority of the time, uh, our conversion does it on the first pass and we don't get questions. Uh, when we mm -hmm. do get questions, we fix it on our end. Um, Cause we, we do believe okay. very strongly, uh, you know, we don't have a, a, uh, a guide or anything that we make people follow. We've written very robust software to automatically detect where chapters are and to format things correctly for everywhere. Um, okay. We have a lot of authors who bring us their own EPUB files. And so mm -hmm. like if you use Scrivener or a tool like that, and you want to make your own EPUB file and have a little bit more control over how the end product looks, you can export that EPUB file and then you can upload that to us as well. Okay, I see. Okay, so basically you take care of the formatting so the writer doesn't have to deal with that, exactly. which is really cool because that's one of the most drowning, you know, tasks which yes. take time and at the end not always you're happy with what you've done. So uh, what happens next? I need to have a book cover and what what Correct. type of book cover do I need to have? Is it for Kindle or is it for, I mean, the sizes and stuff like that are different or how does it work? Generally, um, all the storefronts use about the same size. Um, I don't remember what that is off the top of my head. Um, for depending on what type of book you have, you just want to have, you can use the same cover you use at Amazon. Uh, it works yeah. the majority of the time. Um, if you're making like a bundle or a box set, uh, Apple does not allow 3D covers. So the things that look like a physical box set, mm -hmm. they don't allow. And so you have to provide them with a 2D cover. So sometimes you might have a 3D cover for Amazon and other places, but for Apple, you do have to have a 2D cover. Um, really, that's the only rule that there is ab about the covers. Um, you know, people have to bring us a cover. We do, we can attach a generic cover to it, but you want to, you want a oh, yeah. professionally done cover. Um, you know, if you've got experience as a graphic designer, you, you can do it on your own. But for the majority of people, I recommend that they go ahead and pay a professional uh, because it's such a huge part of the sales process. And uh, oh, yeah. it's such a great investment in your work and, you want to make sure that you work with someone who has experience in book covers because it's a little bit different than just normal graphic design. Uh, and you want to make sure it's genre appropriate. And so like mm. if, you, if you look on uh, any of the storefronts in your category, you want to make sure your book looks like the, like doesn't look noticeably yeah. different. Um, you know, you, you want it to fit in, but be like a little bit outstanding in some way to draw the eye, but you don't want it to be totally different. You know, you don't want to oh, put yeah. a, a picture of a, uh, a starship on a romance book, for instance. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, then the author I presume has to have the book description, which is more or less the sales pitch of the book. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the tricky part for me is the category selection because, I mean, more or less the people who have been on Amazon for a while, and we covered this on the podcast before, you know, how to uh, select the right relevant category, which is less competitive and has higher chances to, to get 
bigger, you know, better rankings for the book and stuff like that. So what are what is the situation with categories on the other platforms? Do they have specifics or, you know, how does it work? Do we select just the categories on draft to digital and it goes like, you know, uh, to all the rest or there is an option of, I don't know, are there any specifics for, let's say, iBook categories or Cobop categories or stuff like that? We allow authors to choose uh, five BISAC categories, which BISAC is kind of a U.S. standard for categories. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's much more used in like libraries, and the different retailers kind of vary a little bit from it. Um, mm-hmm. But those BISAC categories translate over very well to the different uh, retailers. Um, and so we, we have the author input five, and we send five everywhere. Not all of the retailers use all five. Sometimes they'll choose the top two. Um, but we believe in, in sending it to as many categories as we can. Um, we also allow authors to enter keywords, and we send those as well. And some retailers use keywords to help them figure out how they want to classify a book. So it mm-hmm. varies by the different retailers. Um, I encourage people to get to know uh, the different storefronts, like how they look, um, because it is a, a different um, – you know, I, I find a lot of authors that have not been on the iBook store. And so it's, it's a really good idea to check it out and kind of get a feel for this is where my book ended up. Uh, at draft to digital as your books go live, we send you links to the retailers. And so you can go check it out and see how the book looks, see what category it ended up under. Um, mm-hmm. And so you want to check that out. And uh, kind of like Amazon, you want to... You, you want to pick the right category. Um, you want to get as specific as possible without, you know, being t- uh, without choosing like a, a really, really small category. And sometimes that's hard to know, um, mm-hmm. but it's something that we do, you know, authors write in and ask us. And we, we, since we're so familiar with the different storefronts, we can kind of help them with that. Okay. I see. So basically, um, what confuses me a little bit, to be honest, is when you are on different platforms, it's like social media. When when you are everywhere, you end up like, you know, spreading yourself too thin. And at the end, you know, you can't concentrate and focus on one effort. So you spend a lot of time promoting all these different social media channels and you end up with average results. So that's the way I'm seeing this. When your book is on all these different platforms, I mean... How are you dealing with promoting the things so it's like leveled out or uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you do? You use, I mean, if you have your own author platform, then, okay, you use your own assets. If no, is there a way? How are you approaching the promotion of the books? Does draft to digital help in any way in that respect? Yeah, that's a great question. Um I'll start from like the author perspective, um, like what as an author I encourage people to do. Um, Cause I've had a lot of chances to go to, um, I spoke at RWA, uh, the Nink conference, a couple of different conferences about kind of this very issue and like how to do marketing and promotion. Um, the first thing, like you make sure on your website that you have links to all the retailers and not just one, um, mm-hmm. you know, basically have a link to every retailer where your book is at you know, your readers will appreciate that as if they find you through Google or they find you through the web, uh, you know, they're going to want to be able to buy your book and find it easily on their platform of choice. Um, the second thing I encourage people to do is don't try to do all of 
every like don't try to market to every retailer all at once uh you know watch your sales and see where am i doing the best and you know concentrate on ibooks for a while concentrate on Barnes and noble for a while uh, you want to make sure in your social media that you mention them every once in a while and you're not just sending people links just to amazon um that is both for helping you find more readers, but it's also for the merchandisers from the different retailers do look. And so um, one thing I've talked about in a bit is I do a lot of nominations for merchandising slots at the different retailers. Uh, and when I nominate a book, their merchandisers go out and look. And if your webpage just says Amazon all over it, they're going to probably turn down uh, mm, a, a yeah. merchandising opportunity. Um and so, you know, I, I just take methodical steps. Don't try to do everything. Just pick one where you feel comfortable. Uh, you know, if you're doing like if you're doing romance, iBooks really, really good for selling romance. And so I, I would encourage people to focus their efforts after Amazon on iBooks. Uh, if you're doing mm -hmm. mysteries and uh, detective mysteries, um, Barnes and Noble is a really great market for that. And so I'd focus on Barnes and Noble first. And then as you start, you know, once the books start selling themselves and get into the also bots, you can then move on and try somewhere else. Um, okay. I yeah, see. It's interesting. Yeah. And then there's great, like, like BookBub, for instance, is a great tool for going wide because they just, they have such a broad uh, user base. Um, they prefer books that go to, uh, to as many retailers as possible. So going wide gives you an extra chance of getting a BookBub slot and BookBub mm -hmm. sells a ton of books on all the other platforms oh, yeah. as well. So, Yeah, true. So basically, it's interesting. I mean, all these type of statistical data that can help you make decisions, is there anywhere available? Like where, where authors can find this kind of information that may help them a lot in terms of making decisions? You know, there are reports that come out, but I wouldn't say that I know of a, like a centralized depository for it. Um, you know, we recently, uh, made a blog and we're starting to try to fill in more and more content on that and kind of share some insights into what we see since we see aggregate data for about 19,000 authors at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we had very, very strong sales. We had 64, uh, books last year on the New York times, uh, bestseller list. Um, we're close to, I think we're at 58 right now, uh, for 2015. And so, um, you know, we see a lot of data um, and it's something we really want to share more of in the future because uh, we think that data helps authors quite a bit, um, you know, making good business decisions and helps them figure out how to improve their discoverability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Because, I mean, th this kind of, you know, specific uh, information that can help you decide, okay, you have a limited time, where do you dedicate that time and, and effort to in case you're writing these type of books? It's, it's kind of, it's very strategic and very important to know this if possible. So it's, it's very valuable. And I, I do, with my Twitter handle, I share a lot of industry-related news, Um you know, things like the author earnings reports when they come out. Kobo releases a lot of good information about their international sales. And so I retweet a lot of that. And that's at Dan Wood. Okay. Um, if anyone, you know, it, basically nearly everything I'm tweeting is industry related news to help authors make better decisions with, uh, you know, what storefronts to focus on, uh, what things they might want to do with their social media. 
Okay, so I I just have to ask this because I already asked that to Mark from uh, Smashwords. So I'm going to ask the same question to you. I mean, there are different options, like, you know, different services which provide the same thing, Mm -hmm. like more or less the logic of the thing is the same, helping authors go wide and cover all the platforms, digital platforms for their books of publishing. So when people are choosing among the ones that are available, what makes you different and what are the advantages of choosing you over the other similar services? There's a lot of different services out there. You have to kind of look at their business models. Ours is a no fee up front. You know, we don't charge authors uh, anything just to post their book. We don't make any money unless authors make money. And so, you know, even our conversion service is free. Um, if you use us to distribute, then we take uh, the 15% of net, which works out to about 10% of your retail list price. So if you listed a book for a dollar with us, um, the retailer will take about 30 cents of it. We would take about 10 cents and uh, the author would keep about 60 cents US. Um, we pay monthly, which is a huge difference over us and uh, Smashwords. And I can't think of any other other competitors that pay monthly. You know, essentially, we, we feel that that money is the author's and we want to get it to them as quickly as possible. Um, you know, we've been famous for customer support, having an actual uh, phone number that people can call into. And it's uh, 1-800 numbers. So people from all over the world call us and uh, so that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. You know, we get to talk with a lot of our uh, authors that we work with, um, you know, our speed of delivery. We've done a lot to make sure that uh, we deliver to our retailers faster than anyone else. Um, you know, a lot of our people uh, in the company came from technology backgrounds. Like we've got a lot of developers. And so we try to automate as much as possible. Um, we've done, we've made a very robust system for doing review processes Uh so we can check for quality and like content issues uh, and flag those and get them in front of a person to review very quickly and know, you know, this is what we need to let the author know it needs to change or this book can't be published to this uh, retailer. Um, so we pride ourselves on all those. Um, like Smashwords, we offer pre-orders at uh, several of our different uh Sales channels. So at Apple, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, and Tolino, authors can take advantage of pre-orders. Um, and we're just constantly trying to improve. Uh, we recently released uh, our new release notifications, which is for authors that either don't have an email list already, or just would like to be able to notify their retail their their readers of the different retailers that a new book is out. Uh, readers can sign up uh, at the back of your book to get an email notice, kind of like Amazon does with their subscribe to author feature that lets mm-hmm. them know uh, that yeah. a new book is out and sends them a link to it at the retailer that, that they signed up from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, great. I mean, since you have worked with so many authors, what do you think that authors, especially the newbie authors, struggle with the most? That's a good question. Um, there, there's still with newbie authors. I, I would say um, understanding the the need for editing. Like some of them still 
try to self-edit and uh, you know, very, very, very few people can self-edit well. You just, uh, as you're reading over things that you wrote, uh, your brain knows what you meant and it fills it in and you don't notice it. Yeah. Um, so I encourage everyone at least get copy editing done uh, by someone else. Um, you know, if you're, if you don't have the money to pay, cause editing is probably the most expensive part of the process. Um, you know, find a, a group of other writers and exchange editing services with each other. But, you know, I, I would encourage everyone to have someone else do their copy editing for them. Um, there's developmental editing. And I think at a certain point in your career, as you're starting to make money, it's a good investment to talk to a developmental editor and they can really help you develop your craft better. Um, I, I see a lot of authors with uh, their cover images where they have a specific idea in mind of exactly what they want it to be. Um, and sometimes they, they just need to work more with a professional to, to get it to look right for their genre and not try to work too much into the, uh, you know, sometimes authors want to work like a lot of story details into a cover and it just becomes. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> True. And then okay. there's, I think newbie authors sometimes overwhelm themselves. Like they just try to do too much. And so social media, pick which one you like and you know, don't try to do Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest. Like don't try to do all of them. Pick the ones that, that mean that you enjoy doing yourself. Do that, you know, expand if you find you have time, but uh, you're going to need to over your career as an author uh, build a team of people that you work with and trust. You know, you're a publisher, you're the CEO of your company. Um, you can't do everything. And so hire people, you know, talk to your friends, find out who they're using. You know, I see a lot of the authors who are doing very, very well now getting virtual assistance or getting uh, full-time assistance uh, because you're going to need that at some point if you're really dedicated to being an author. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, well, to kind of, you know, wrap this up, actually, um, I guess what what the main message is uh, from both of us, because I, I completely agree with most of the things you told here, is that uh, once you write your first draft of the book, make sure it is work done and ready in terms of quality to present it out there to everyone else. And also make sure that uh, once it's ready, you choose the right channels to promote it and you choose the right company who will help you with having it out there in all the digital platforms and all the countries that, you know, you've, you can find Definitely. readers at. Okay, so anything else like last words to the newbie authors out there who are starting out with their first books and trying to figure out how things work? I will say um, I did get back around to it earlier. Um, we do as a company, uh, most of my time goes into merchandising. Um, and so what we do is we look for those books that are starting to sell on one platform uh, you know, like, like say we see a book is taking off on Apple, um, you know, we talk to our other retailers and try to get it promoted to get it to start taking off at other places as well. Um, you know, there are all the different companies out there that are just charging upfront fees for, uh, posting your book. Um, they're not really concerned with selling your book, but companies like us and Smashwords and 
handful of other companies really are trying to promote books and try to sell more books. And so uh, I encourage you as you look for who's going to be your platform, talk to your friends and find out who is trying to help you sell books and who's, you know, if, if you're paying them you know, $100 to set up your book uh, off the bat, their only incentive is to get you to sign up for their service the first time. And after that, you know, it's very difficult to send out changes uh, in a timely manner for most companies because they haven't automated everything. And so, uh, you know, we pride ourselves on, uh, you know, all of our price changes, descriptions, books generally go up within uh, 24 hours or the next business day at a couple of retailers. Okay, I see. Okay, well, thank you very much for the interview. I really appreciate you coming coming over. And um, it's it's really, I mean, I I always tell that it's always worth trying new things and and you know using the opportunities out there because it's always nice to have this opportunity to have your book in front of more people and to gain like you know one or two extra readers because you never know how much they will like your book and how um, helpful they will be in promoting it later on so you know even if the numbers of other platforms are smaller than Amazon it's always worth a try and you never know what those numbers may be later on in the future because as you said with the time they may grow and eventually become as important for you as uh, amazon is right now okay guys it seems like that was it for today uh check out the entire blab session at www.anialexander.com backward slash 141 as to me i'll try to keep with the schedule i'm moving countries so i may have some internet difficulties for a few days just bear with me uh, otherwise i'll try to organize everything so that you have a content to listen to to before I settle down. So take care, have a great day and keep writing.